I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. Welcome to Dragon Heart. We are back at our usual venue, Zoom, unfortunately. But still, the two usual suspects, Phil and Mark, how are you both? Pretty good. Um, feel like this week has been a, a week of two halves, a little bit like the Tuesday game, isn't it? Uh, but we'll get on to that. Uh, how have you been, Mark? Yeah, I'm sound. I've now learned that I've been saying Max Claveth's name wrong all the way through since he broke into the team. Um, and so it's from now on, it's Max Cleweth, and that's straight from his dad. So it's definitely correct. <laughs> Bill's been saying that for some time, to be fair. So Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, only because of Varney we work with told us. So yeah. that, that, was, that was just one of those things. But I've kept that hushed just for the sake of consistency. <laughs> well, no one had a clue. The problem is that I work with her as well. She's a founder of their family. And I swear to God, when he broke into the team, she told me it was Cloweth. And that's why I've had it like that. And then the morning after the walking game, I came in and she'd been listening to the game. And she started telling me off and mispronouncing his name. And I was like, but that's how you told me to say it. So, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I misheard, to be fair. But yeah, Cloweth from now on. Days well, we all know that from future, so we're going to break down that difficult woking game. We're also going to break down that one half of a crazy game of Weymouth and the second half, which was even crazier. Um, and we're also going to revisit a topic me and Mark both talked about last season on streaming games. Um, is it the way forward? Is it a negative thing? It'd be great to hear both Bill and Mark's opinions on that after a year throughout being in lockdown. So let's get on to it. This is Dragonheart. I'm Luke Young and this is Dragonheart. Well, Woking. Uh, I'd never been so excited for a game in my life because I heard Stockport lost the Oval. And I think the whole of Wrexham Twitter and the social media and all Wrexham fans are getting a bit giddy and a bit excited. But to be fair to Woking, they came and spoiled the atmosphere. And uh, I think they deserved it, didn't they, really? Um, I thought they played really well. They got their tactics right. And fair play to them. So you got to take your hats off for them, haven't you, Mark? I'm glad you said that first, because I think people often forget there's two teams in a game of football. And... I do think they got it right. I think they did really well in terms of disrupting us. And and that's a key first factor. I think a second key factor in us losing as well was that I really think we were looking to capitalise on the, the, the clumsiness, shall we say, of their centre-backs. Uh, McNerney and Diara are both massive. They're both strong in the air, strong in the tackle, and easy to turn. And when they turn, they're slow and they can be exposed really easily. And I just got the feeling that because we knew that, we were maybe trying to take advantage of it a little bit too keenly. We were playing those balls over the top a bit too early when the truth is we're a better team than them. And if we just play our normal game, we should get on top of them. But we weren't keeping the ball quite as well as normal. To be fair, like I said, Woking's tactics influenced that. But if you're going to play those balls over the top, if you can play them from higher up the pitch, you've got a better chance of them actually playing somebody in. And, and we were hitting, I thought, too often we were squandering possession by putting the ball in behind, thinking Mullen might latch onto this. And Mullen, 
as he did in the first half against Weymouth, I thought was really good, but with very little to work with. It was a bit of a throwback to earlier in the season when he, he was he was getting trash to work with and was barely able to get involved in the game. But you still you, you felt more frustrated because to me, I don't know about you, Bill, to me, he looked like he was raring to go and really looking sharp, and we just weren't finding him. Yeah, I think um, there's no coincidence that for, I mean, you'd probably be able to break it down tactically a bit better than I could, Mark, but for whatever reason, Palmer didn't quite have as good of a game as he has had recently. And, you know, we, we've often talked about Palmer being the missing piece of the jigsaw, but if he goes missing in a game, like you say, we revert back to what we looked like in in a, a previous matches. I don't think it's fair to say Palmer had a bad game, though. I don't really think any of the players had a... a I don't think any one player had a particularly horrendous game. I think it was just a slightly flat team performance, wasn't it? And the the body language of a couple of the players, particularly uh, I noticed Hayden at uh, the either half time or full time, he just looked really deflated. It was quite obvious that they'd missed an opportunity there, and they look they look and felt like they'd missed an opportunity to capitalise. Um, but you know, season's not over yet. I hope they haven't been too hard on themselves. Uh, Walking played with the shackles off completely, and uh, uh, you know I'm I'm sure, I don't know whether it was off camera when we spoke about it, Mark, but you've said that these sort of teams are really dangerous. You know they've got absolutely nothing to play for, but that means they can have fun, and they're coming against the second best team in the league on you know statistically, arguably uh, pound for pound as as good as Stockport. Just had a bit of you know like a, a, a slower start to the season or whatever. That was their opportunity for a lot of those Woking players to really. Um, uh, put their put their name out there, you know, especially with it being on BT. And I I think you've talked about those clumsy defenders. They had the games, well, games of their lives, maybe a bit of a, a stretch, but they had really good games. And I think sometimes being on BT at home, walking cap crowd were really good. Yeah, uh, they they sort of set the tone a little bit as well. I think we're used to having um, it all our own way at the moment with the crowds being at the race course. But actually, fair play to walking, they they sounded quality and. I just think it was it was one of those. It was a bit of a recipe for disaster for us. A lot of different things mixing in together. Uh, what do you think, Jay? Well, yeah. Um, to be fair, I think Woking give us a tricky game in the home tie as well. To be fair, and I think they probably deserve to get a point out of it with that penalty penalty shout. So I, I was a bit anxious going into this game, really, because I knew they were a good side of some good quality individuals. I've always been a fan of Diara, their big tall centre half. Yeah, he's a bit. Big and clumsy, but I think for this level, I think he's a solid stopper of a centre half. And yeah, it just didn't go our way. It was one of them. I, I don't really, at the time, I was really emotional about it. Probably a few pints of beer didn't help, but <laughs> but but after it, the more you think about it. If we were going to lose any game, I think the Woking game was the one. To lose in some way, if you if you get me, because Stockport lost, I think you know if Stockport would have won, it would have been league t- the title race would have been well and truly over. Yeah, I think sort of coming to that point as well, Che. You know, if we're gonna have a little bit of a mini wobble, assuming we're you know we're going to the playoffs, I'd rather us lose a couple now and get that out of our system before the playoffs rather than go completely clean sailing into the playoffs, thinking we're, ne- we're completely invincible. Mentality is completely, oh, we're going to walk it, we'll walk this. 
we've we've got no one who's going to come against us. Actually, you know, maybe it was a potential wake up call for a lot of those players. And I think the first half of the Weymouth, if if that was a wake, if the Woking was a wake up call, that was the alarm going off at uh, ten times volume, wasn't it? That first half. <laughs> yeah, I, I I need to emphasize to you all as well that. Yes, it felt catastrophic for Stockport to lose and then for us not to take advantage. But I want to refer you back last Friday when I thought I expounded perfectly clearly how Wrexham will win the league. And I reckoned that we and Stockport would both win last Saturday. So my prediction still holds. As far as I'm concerned, the situation between us and them is exactly the same. We just both got three points less. We're still going to win the league. Trust me. <laughs> I think as well, we say about Diara. And, and talking about Palmer, and I think that, that the maybe underperformance of Palmer and Diara looking good are linked because we threw a lot of early, long, hopeful stuff towards Palmer. And, you know, well, we know it's a, it's a bit of a football cliche, isn't it? You don't want big strikers to be uh, just having stuff launched at them. You need them to be... Uh, to get better service than that. I remember Gareth Taylor used to always go nuts at the fact that people would thump eyeballs at him because he was good in the air. He wants it on his chest. And I think that, you know, we play... Diara and McNerney are going to look good if you give them lots of aerial balls to fight for because that's what they can do. Um, and Palmer is good in the air, but it's easier for the centre-back to come through and head the ball away than for a striker to get it in front of them with flick it on. So we were playing them on their terms when we were actually trying to do the opposite. So I think we were caught out a bit by that. The injury, I thought, to McFanzer was, was massive in terms yeah. of the game as well. Mm -hmm. Losing him mm -hmm. early on was a massive, massive blow. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you there, Mark. Um, and yeah, do you think Diarra was the first half to... Well, it's uh, the two Woken centre-halves to match Palmer physically. I think a lot of... Um, and this level of really strong volume. Oh. I mean, O'Connor was so calm and in command of the game, wasn't he? He was so smooth the way he moved the ball about. And just That was just brilliant to see, I thought. Um, he can play in defence, which you might need, like you say, if McFadden's out and Hayden's out. We might need, we need a little bit of reinforcement in those areas as well. Well, let, let's get on to that. that. Yeah, the game was fantastic, but you can't help to think... It's a very sad, sad sort of ending to it in some ways. Aaron Hayden going off injured, which you did say earlier that it, it's the probably for the rest of the season, Mark. Well, it's a hamstring. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think, you know, that, that you know, if, if someone feels a hamstring going and comes straight off, then great. But no, he, he got treatment earlier, didn't he? And then stayed on. So I'm a little worried about that to be honest. I mean, McFadden hopefully has come off because he's felt it. There's no real info. That's quad he's got, isn't quad injury. There's mm. no real info on that. But uh, yeah, Hayden, if he's done his hamstring now, then there's no way he's back for the rest of the season, surely. So that is, that's a hell of a blow. Although French, I thought, was outstanding on Tuesday. Yeah, let, let's get on to that because, uh, yeah, Hayden, who I personally would argue is our best player, um, which is so unfortunate for him not to be, well, well, we don't know yet. Let's hope the severity of the injury isn't as bad as we thought. But to have Tyler French, someone of that quality, come in, it's 
just shows this this level of depth that we have in the squad because I think in most seasons of our conference era, I think Tyler French would be starting for Wrexham. Yeah, I think that's fair comment. We have Brisley as well, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Brisley's good. So we, we've got, we have got that depth, haven't we? But yeah, Bris, Brisley, Iowa class would be, would be the replacement for Toza, yeah. not for Hayden because mm. we, we, we need that energy, don't we, at that right-sided centre, about the centre-half. Well, it's completely integral to the way we play, isn't it? Um, you know, the, the reason that, that we... I really rate Harry Lennon, but I think our upturn in form has actually come since he's been injured because of the way Kluwerf plays and that, that way that he moves forward and Hayden move forward. Uh, the, the fact that they both alternate, again, going back to that arc, Mark's arc. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's the, the way that they both move forward does really uh, allow us to attack in, in an approach that some teams really struggle with. And I, th- I think if we have to switch to a system where we've only got one centre-back willing to do that, I'm not 100% certain it's always going to work as well. So, um, but, you know, Tyler French, he, he plays, he can play right back, he can play right wing back, he can probably play left wing back if we needed him to. And... He's going to be able to go forward, isn't he, Mark? If we need him to, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's the perfect fit in that respect, isn't he? And yeah, we just have to. Well, it'd be nice if the other players could come back, but I, I, I don't feel concerned by the thought of French getting game time at all. He's, he's, he's perfectly solid, isn't he? So, yeah, it's a shame, but yeah, I, I have, I have faith in him. And then as the game went on, we just battered them, didn't we? Really, I mean, Mullen gets another McAlinden. Like I said, when he's coming on the front foot, he's great. And as you said, you're right, Hall Johnson turned the game with his charging down the right flank. But McAlinden was equally important on the left, got a couple of assists, uh, really looks very dangerous, the real quality stuff he was putting in the goal mouth. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, teams like Weymouth, just, they, they show that whether amateur not amateur semi-pro game meets the this game showed where the semi-pro game meets the professional game didn't it today that that's what it felt like to me it felt like Weymouth for a side who are quite clearly a national league south side and we are a league one league two side playing in the national league and even though i quite like it it's time Wrexham get promoted and start playing bigger sides isn't it really you know, with the quality we've got on the pitch, it would be a complete travesty if we don't go up this season. And on that point, it's titleometer time. Yay! <laughs> don't do this to me. It's it's so tough. I wake up in the morning and the titleometer, when I'm a bit sleepy and a bit grumpy, is at a one. And then I get, you know, as the day goes on, if I've had a good day in work, it becomes an eight. It's it's a tough one. Um we'd have we'd have uh, I don't know I think I need some help if you if both of you were going to place it I'll, I'll maybe I'll just throw myself in the middle of you Mark you're the optimistic end Che you're the, like the wouldn't say negative but the the pessimistic end maybe visible end yeah <laughs> we'll start we'll start we'll get the bad news out of the way Che what do you think it's out out of 10 uh, I, I I think it's a three yeah. Ooh. Mark. Dan. 
10. It's just going to happen. Right. I'm just... Just right before before Che gives his breakdown and why it's not going to happen because let's you know I I I think we'll know by Monday yeah by the end of I, end I of play on Monday we we we're going to know one way or another because if if Stockport win both of those games uh, and it, you know, regardless of whether we obviously if we don't win then we'll definitely know but even if we win both those games and they win both those games I'm I'm uh, breaking the titleometer it's going into the nearest volcano never to be seen again until the start of next season, maybe. Uh, But, you know, uh, as it stands, I'm leaning more towards the pessimistic side just because we're running out of games and I'll say like a five or a six, somewhere like that, really. Well, with... (laughs) Long is wrong. Long is wrong. (laughs) Well, if, if this was the boring word of a few months ago... You know, uh, Stockport are playing. I'd think, oh yeah, maybe so. But they're sitting ninth. They've won one in the last five. Um, that game at the race course has really destroyed them. I think I'm uh, saying they've won one in the last ten. Actually, but they won one, drawn wow. two, lost. Right. Oh, was it eleven? I think one, one, drawn two, lost eight, something like that. No, seven. There's ten. That isn't that? That doesn't matter. Exactly. Doesn't... Does mean that you will win, though, doesn't it, Mark? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I respect Moral Woods uh, on the pitch. They uh, a team that is <laughs> difficult to play against. They were organised. They didn't get up there with a good defensive record for nothing. They've still got a good defensive record, even though they're losing and over Fist. They still got one of the best defensive records in the division. Uh, I have respect for them and for Southend. I think these are two tough games, and I do agree. Um, they are potential hurdles problems for us but if we are as good as we looked during that run of home games frankly as good as we've looked since Christmas we should go out and win these games and put the ball firmly in Stockport's course I I agree but I think it's the perfect time for Stockport to play Bournemouth because Bournemouth have looked poor in recent and I also think it's a good time well they're playing Chesterfield on Monday aren't they yeah uh, with Chesterfield dropping to sixth, which is pretty crazy. You wouldn't think that back at Christmas, would you? Um, Thanks to Minoga, isn't it? Minoga's the bloke who broke Shamanga's leg. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah, with them at sixth, they've got to get a win soon, haven't they, to uh, cement their place into the playoffs. Because uh, because Dagenham Redbridge could still creep in, couldn't they? Uh, anyone from Dagenham Redbridge up could still creep in. It's it's eh. maybe I, I could see I see Stockport beating Borehamwood, and I see Chesterfield Stockport being a draw. I just don't think I don't know. I, I don't I don't think we're, go, we're going up as champions, but I think we're going to go up via playoffs. Chesterfield reminds me of a lot of seasons we've had where we've done really well at the start and we've looked like we could be nailed on and just completely run out of steam. Now, there's always completely different reasons every time that's happened to Wrexham and, you know, and any other team that has happened to, but uh, Shimanga being injured really took the wind out of their sails. The the stuff that went on with their ex-manager, that's really disrupted their rhythm, hasn't it? But these these teams these teams are dangerous. I think they've they've got they've got to go and get points. Um, and and actually, it kind of makes them unpredictable as well. These kind of teams because how many times have we did we see it last year? 
we were we were a similar sort of team where we probably should have got in the playoffs and we had some mad results. We had results where you thought we look brilliant today. And then they had the results where who was it Barnet that we did we lose to him or draw to him? I got a bit of brain fog. I can't think off the top of my head, but there was a couple of games last year and you were really like watching it and coming away and thinking, how on earth have we have we managed that result? Both positive and negative, really. Yeah, we battered Sutton 4-0. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, said Halifax four 0 away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, f- I think one key team that we haven't talked about is whether Stock uh, Halifax are going to be fighting for third position towards the end of the season because if they got nothing to play for and they're playing Stockport last game of the season, then I think Stockport are going to easily win the title. Whereas we've we might be playing Dagenham and Red, well we will be playing Dagenham Redbridge, but they might be looking to take Chesterfield's place or whoever else in the playoffs, yeah. and that then becomes a difficult game, doesn't it? So I'm enjoying <laughs> I, I'm enjoying your um, family trace of pessimism, but could I point out that if you look at the table now, a much more likely uh, turn of events is that Halifax need to win because Solly Hull are even down there next, and Dagenham are already a bit adrift in the playoffs. And there's a decent chance they'll have nothing to play for in the last game of the season. Halifax have a pretty easy run in, though. Yeovil, Eastley, Aldershot before they play Stockport. Yeah, you, when, when did Yeovil last beat anyone? Did you? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'd, flip, I'd flip all that on its head with the Dagenham and Redbridge talk and say, you know, we lost to Woking who had nothing to play for. So for for, yeah. I, for either the argument for Halifax, Stockport, Annos, Dagenham and Redbridge, you can throw it out the window last game of the season. Do you remember when, when uh, Fergie retired and United played uh, West Bromwich Albion? Was it 5-4 or 6-5 or some, yeah. some crazy score? And sometimes that last game of the season, every, everything just goes completely out the window, doesn't it? Because people are just like, oh, well... Nice sunny day in the middle of spring. Uh, <laughs> we've got nothing to play for. Let's go and spoil the party for whichever team we're playing. <laughs> we're going up. We're going to win. We're going. <laughs> I, I hope you're, Mark, I really hope you're right. I really do, but I don't want you to be too disappointed. I'm a big boy. Don't worry about me. We're going to win the league. There's too many titles for this episode. There, there's. Um, there's the Coydy Scuds, there's Mark's Ark, there's Long is Wrong, and there's I'm a Big Boy, Don't Worry About Me. I mean, I don't know which one's juice. <laughs> I mean, they're all going to be T-shirts. Well, you need, to <laughs> next week. you need to have Long is Wrong if we do win the title. <laughs> I'll just do it anyway, because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. So what? What? Look, we 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 look. I love your blind faith, or it's not completely blind, blind because you know your stuff. When it when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to football, you know your stuff, Mark. But what is it? What is it that makes you so certain? No, if I you could nail last, it down well, to two or three things, much as I, much as I'd love to say what I said last week, I will. <laughs> I, I will use Chase theory against him. All right, we're four point behind them, and they got a game in hand. At the weekend, they beat Borenwood, we beat Southend. On Monday, we beat Borenwood, they draw with Chesterfield. Chelong's own words, right? That puts us, <laughs> therefore, two points behind them with a game in hand, and the next game is us against Stockport. So we beat Stockport, we go above them, we've got one game left, they've got two. 
They've now got a hurl then hurled, hurled their nerve. I say from Hull. They've got a hurl the nerve for two games in a week. Two days after getting battered by us, they have to play Torquay, who are awkward and could still be in with a shot of the playoffs. And then if they manage to get past them, they've still got to beat Halifax, who could well be playing for third place and who also are good in the most tense atmosphere at Edgeley Park with their fans expecting them to win. And they've got to make sure they don't bottle it. So me, me and Chase spoke about it um, briefly when I saw him the other day. And I sort of, when I run through it all in my head, or like out loud, I had it as both of us finishing on 92 points. There you go. That's how, that's how I predicted it. Now, obviously, who knows how the goal difference swings there. It, you can't, that's not something you can predict, is it? But Well, we've just halved the goal difference in one night. We were 10 goals yeah, off them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're five goals off them. And if what we're saying is correct, we're going to win our last four games. So we've got to add at least four onto that. Likelihood is if we win all our games, we'll be winning them by more than one goal. So we'll improve it further. Stockport will be dropping points. We'll probably win that's, two out of those games. So the goal that, difference will be very difficult tight. point. That's the difficult point is we, we, is we have to win all our games. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's the hard part. Yeah, but uh, I, I, yeah, I just stop. like the way that they play in those seven home games. It was quality, and I think uh, you can maintain that. Oh, I agree, but it's all well and good as saying, oh, we're going to win hypothetically. Football doesn't work like that, um, unfortunately. It's, it's all very well saying we're going to lose hypothetically. Football doesn't no, work no, like that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> stop, stop, stop it, stop it. it. Break it up, break it up. Come on, outside, I now. Agree. <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree. Um, I hope I I hope you are right, Mark. That's all I gotta say. I really do hope you're right. I will put it out there that I am not necessarily negative. I I absolutely adore this team. I absolutely adore this team, and I I have every faith in them. I just think too much of it is in Stockport's hands for me to feel comfortable with saying yes, we're going to do it. Too late. You're guilty by association. Let the record show. <laughs> I have consistently for weeks said I'm going to. We're going to win the league, and these two bozos have said the opposite in public on the record. Let the judgment begin. <laughs> I am happy. I will be more than happy. I'm sure Che will to wear that long is wrong T-shirt for the entirety of next season if we are wrong. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds like a challenge. Um, and I, I will not make any forfeit whatsoever. Because I am arrogant. <laughs> well, also a challenging decision is, oh, I don't know if it's a challenging decision by the FA or anything, is streaming games, lower league football. Is it good? Is it bad? You Well, I'll let Mark and Bill decide. We'll find out about this in our next, next segment. Nice one. So that is 17... Sorry, just counting. 1653. My favourite year, 1653. <laughs> so that's a total of 2553, which when we add to that, makes bloody hell, we've done well. Um, 49. Okay, so we've done a fair amount. So if we just chat about this. We'll be we'll be fine if if my maths hasn't just fallen to pieces. Also, if you want to mention it, there's the fact of the game will definitely be played at West Ham. The playoff final should we go there? 
And um, if you want to talk about that. And there's also, they're asked, they're, they said that it's a food bank game, isn't it? Bring a tin on the South End game. So oh, nice. Put, nice to mention that, at least, and push it a little bit. Well, I'll do I'll, I'll do that on the, the wrap-up. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. one. All right. Three, two, one, go. Well, fortunately for a lot of fans, we, we got the Weymouth game streamed, which I thought was really cool, really. It was nice. It's nice. I like streaming games. I, I'm a firm believer in it. And, I, and my, my stance hasn't changed from last season, really. Last season, I was even stronger on it. But I think from League One down, I think every game should be streamed because I think it's added revenue, I think. And I think it doesn't actually take away from the attendances. I think it you can have it as a way to maybe drive ticket prices down and... You know, a lot of, there's a lot of disabled fans who can't make games week in, week out. There's a lot of fans who are ill, who are injured, or who have an hour's break at work, who could watch watch it on their phones. I think it's a great revenue stream, and I think it's a way of making football for everyone, Mark. Well, what's your opinion a year on after lockdown? Well, I'm pleased to see the government now seem to be talking about dropping that law that stops you from broadcasting three o'clock on a Saturday because I appreciate the reason for it totally. But mm. this is 2022 now. We have different, there are different challenges to attendances. There are different ways to consume football. And I think that, I don't think that the Premier League or the Championship should be allowed to stream myself at three o'clock on a Saturday. But I find it, you know, because they may well take uh, fans away from other clubs, but I, I don't see how a League One, League Two, National League could possibly, uh, you know, people aren't going to be saying, oh, I'm a United fan, but hang on a second, Salford City are live. Oh, look, they're playing Cheltenham. Oh, I'm not going to go, I'm going to Old Trafford. It, 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 it's a one-way street, this, isn't it? I, I don't see why there's any problem with the with the smaller clubs being allowed to stream. Um, I, I don't see it affecting things, especially if, I mean, all right then, Stream your away games, maybe. And although I appreciate what you're saying, Jay, about flexibility for people who maybe aren't able to get to home games, um, well, I suppose, I suppose, how do you do that? When I think about it, no, I'm, I'm wrong to say that. How I, I don't think you can geo-block to that extent, can you? No, I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I, I, I like it a lot, and. I think the worst that you could do is try it out. And okay, if attendances are hit, if people would rather pay 10 quid to watch home than go to the game, maybe it has to be revisited. But I, I don't think we'll know properly the impact if we try it. I think there's actually, it's kind of anecdotal, but I think if someone were to study it, uh, you'd be able to find statistical evidence to back it up. Uh, I'm not going to include Wrexham in this conversation because of the fact that we have to take over and there's a lot of hype around us. But I, I think we are included in this. But, you know, you could make that counter argument. Stockport, Notts County, Chesterfield have all just come off the back of a season, well, like us, where streaming's been involved. And all three of those clubs are seeing uh, very, very high yeah. attendances. Stockport have reached 10,000. Notts County have reached 10,000. Chesterfield have been involved in a really high attended game at Stockport. Um, that year of fans being able to watch their team at home, you know, granted, there was a lot of things going on, COVID, etc. 
has probably let a lot of people who maybe didn't go to Stockport very often or maybe didn't go to Notts County very often the opportunity to rekindle their um, affection for the team. Uh, I think it would be fair to say about myself that uh, the the season prior to COVID, I wasn't attending uh, Wrexham games quite as often as I had previously. You know, I'd had season tickets for about 10 years, but it was the first time I wasn't going as often. And, And not having to have to go to the race course to watch Wrexham play, uh, being able to sit in the comfort of my own home actually gave me a lot of fear of missing out. I know nobody was going, but apart from you two who were able to commentate, <laughs> look, you know, luckily, but I, I really wanted to be there from having watched it. And I don't think there's anything, uh, it, it, it's not going to affect tendencies massively. And I think allowing people to be exposed to these lower league clubs it, it is only a positive I mean, you know, you're saying about it being a one-way street, Mark. Uh, the law's there to protect um, teams, but, you know, you lift the law from League One downwards. Uh, of what, you, While you're blocking League One downwards from streaming, you're protecting clubs from themselves. How, yeah. how, how does, yeah. <laughs> you know, are Rochdale's attendances going to be affected by uh, uh, their match being streamed? Possibly by a little bit but then they're going to be making revenue by either the TV deal or by streaming it themselves and charging £10 a go. Wrexham were regularly getting 1,000 to 1,500 people watching those games. Okay, £10 a a stream, not as as much as 1,500 people going into the game and paying full price as an adult. But of those 1,500 people who were watching the streams during COVID, how many of them were families who are now turned into full families who are going to watch the games? And we see that in the attendances week in, week out. Um, I think the law's archaic. I think it's it's there for a good reason in some ways, but I think it's archaic now. Everybody's accessing things through the internet. Everybody's streaming things. And if you don't provide that as an option, people sit at home and watch Netflix instead. So what, why why block lower league teams from being able to show these games uh, to their fans? I think, I think yeah, 100% agree. I think there's, there's a... All right, it's going to be partly governed by how you're doing. If, if we were doing badly or we were at the end of the season, nothing to play for, yeah, okay. There could be some people who choose to stream rather than come to the game, and that will cost us some money. But I think overall, uh, when you're doing well, <laughs> it's a great opportunity. And I do think that maybe, you know, it's, it's about how smart you are as a club as well. If you're sharp mm-hmm. enough to, to market this, and if you're sharp enough to take advantage of it, you can grow as a club. And obviously, we are growing very quickly as a club at the moment, and we know the reasons why. But I'd also say that those fans in other countries are forming a connection to us because of, you know, which is enhanced when they can actually watch us. And, and that's, you know, I mean, we, we hear Mark from New Zealand getting up at four in the morning. We hear all the, the American Reds getting up at breakfast time to watch matches. You know, they're, they're scattered all around the world. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, that connection of getting up early and an event being made out of watching the game. I know some of them are already Wrexham fans who would do it anyway, but for new fans, it builds a bond that this is the special thing I do. I get up at eight o'clock in New York so I can go and watch the match. Uh, you know, no, you, you, you're spot on there, Mark, because me and Che, uh, you know, we're UFC efficient, well, MMA efficient are those, but the UFC specifically, pretty much all of those fights are on, a, a, the big fights are on at three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And a- actually, yeah, maybe family commitments now. We're not able to watch those together as often, 
but when we were able to, it actually created a bit of, of that event of like, oh yeah, we're going to stay up all night tonight and we're going to watch the UFC. It's almost as if it was, it was, we were more likely to watch it from, from planning a weekend around it, Jay, weren't we really? Than, yeah. than if it had just been on normal time, you might've taken it or leave it, left it. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have left it if it was on normal time, but, but yeah. No, no yeah. but you, you, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's not a great example. I'm just saying it does build a, a, an extra layer of loyalty for some people, doesn't it? When there's that commitment of like, look at me, I'm, I'm going to do this this weekend. I think it is. I think you're right because it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's nice to me that, you know, your two brothers, that's a nice special thing that you've shared. Um, I remember when I was in university, it was when Mike Tyson was at his peak. I'd, I'd set me alarm for two in the morning, three in the morning to watch Tyson fights because he was so spectacular. Or yeah. if it was out of term time, me and my best mate, I'd record it. And then he'd come around my house nine o'clock Sunday morning and we'd be sitting there watching the fight and avoiding, you know, having avoided what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. those sort of things are special. Yeah, I agree. And I think another thing is there's a human aspect to all this as well, where, you know, there is Wrexham fans who are physically unable to go to games comfortably or mentally unable to go to games comfortably. There's Wrexham fans in hospitals. There's also Wrexham fans like like myself. I, I'm quite fortunate, but, you know, myself, I've got a young family. I think some days buying a stream would be a lot easier. Um mm-hmm. I can still look after my kids, not have to worry about missing the game. So, you know, being a dad like myself, I'll, I'll just buy the streams today. I can't, I can't go because, you know, the kids are playing up or what have you. And yeah, I, th- I think there's more positives than there is negatives. And I, and I can see where the law comes from because, you know, you've got to protect. I can see, you know, you've got to protect from the Premier League. But the problem is if they bring the law in and they allow Premier League clubs to stream at three o'clock then that is a real problem yeah i'll, I'll count I'll count that slightly che because i think you i think you spot on a lot what you said there but people who who are wrexham fans who aren't physically mentally financially whatever the very valid reasons are able to go uh choosing to watch uh west ham versus watford at 12 gillette soccer saturday and then you know Liverpool versus uh, Burnley in at the 5.30 kickoff. So we're not protected from the Premier League. It's on on a Saturday anyway. It's just that two-hour block that's at three o'clock. People who aren't going to watch Wrexham because they either can't afford it or because they can't for whatever reason, or, you, you know, there's, there's you're going on all those reasons, but they're not anyway. They're not going to the Wrexham game anyway because they've got a game of football in the morning to watch and they've got a game of football in the evening to watch. Possibly even two because sometimes they've been playing games at seven o'clock, haven't they? So... Uh, I, I do. I, I 100% agree with you. I just think people are watching the Premier League anyway at those times. You put United Liverpool on at three o'clock on a Saturday. I could guarantee a lot of less people go to watch Wrexham. Maybe not at the moment. Maybe not right now as we speak with the way the club is. But if, if United Liverpool were playing at three o'clock three years ago and it was on TV's regular, that would affect. That would have affected tendencies. You, you're probably right, but I still think the kind of there's a. Not everybody, but there's a lot of people who won't go to Wrexham, but will go to the pubs early, ready for Liverpool kicking off at five or United kicking off at five. Yeah, possibly. I could, I could be, I could be wrong. I think you, I think there's, I think you are. I think you. I don't think either of us are wrong. It's just 
that we can still serve those people. Maybe the people who want to go and watch Liverpool will actually go to the pub and watch Wrexham and the pubs would have to have a, a certain licence to show the Wrexham games. You know, maybe pay a little bit extra to the club or however that market-wise, financially-wise works. And I think away fans too, I think if we stream away games, I think we could put a law in place where away tickets are £10 or you can use stream revenues to subsidise away bus travel for the hardcore fans who want to go in person. I think you can make, it's not one or the other, I think you can make both sides of the argument, on both both sides work together, if you know what I mean. Definitely. People like to go yeah. watch football live and people like to, you know, watch football from the comfort of their home. And I think you should let people choose. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> I think I think we've all got <laughs> our points across. Um, yeah, big game on Saturday, Mark. Yeah, Southend, funny team, aren't they really? They've had a quite patchy season. They've had bad patches, good patches. And now they've settled into sort of mid-table. So let's hope they just turn up and... And, and do a decent thing and accept our superiority. <laughs> it, it's a it's a special game as well, isn't it? Bring a can, yeah, bring, yeah, bring a can food banks, yeah. 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 Support so, local food banks. So I'd, we really we urge you to do that, please. It's a wonderful opportunity. You know, if, if everybody's bringing something, though, it's going to be a huge crowd again. That, that's a wonderful opportunity to give a real boost to to, to a local community initiative. Yeah, and we're talking about people not being yeah. able to financially afford the football. There's people mm-hmm. who can't financially afford food at the moment. And yeah. it, for those of those of us who can afford to get to the football and, and can provide, you know, it would be great just to show uh, true community spirit in Wrexham by massive donations by everyone, you know, as much as everyone can afford themselves. Yeah, 100%. I echo all that. Um, also, the playoff final, if it does concern us, is going to be at West Ham's ground. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I've got an old university friend who, who's on and off season ticket holder at West Ham. So there's a part of me that would like to go to the ground, and then there's a but that's only a really small part compared to the massive anger I have that I can't watch comfortably watch Wales afterwards if we do get to the playoff final. But I think, in fairness, the, some people have have leveled criticism at the National League. It's, it's it's a bit more complicated than than just saying let's move everything for Wrexham, isn't it, Mark? To be fair, it is, uh, and you know, there's been talk about clubs who will be all you know the moment their season ends will start returning their pitch so it can't be used. You've got to get the host club to agree. You've got to get the right deal with the host club as well. There's a lot of things to consider, and I'm sure there's a lot of clubs that people are talking about who just aren't available or aren't willing to go into that deal and host it. On the other hand, though, without knowing the facts, it's hard to imagine there's no other alternative they could explore. So it's it's a bit of a shame, but well, okay, decision's done now. Um, the Olympic Stadium is has got a running track around it, hasn't it? It's not the or has it? It's not the it's not the most loved football grounds, is it? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, that's where it is, and if we have to go there, well, if we win it'll be a place that's down in Wrexham folklore, like the Millennium Stadium. And if we don't, well, it'll be a hellhole. <laughs> if, if we get there, guys, make sure you buy a pair, pair of binoculars, because that's probably the only way you're going to see the game. Yes. Because uh, yeah. it's not a football stadium. Anyway. I'm, I'm just um, adding Karen Brady's hellhole to my list of possible episode <laughs> titles. <laughs> <laughs> but 
<laughs> but yeah, so as usual, like and follow everything that we do on the Dragon Art Instagram, Twitter, the official Wrexham AFC, Twitter. Go listen to Calm Radio. Uh, yeah, do all that good stuff. I usually say at the end of the podcast that I've completely forgotten about right now. But yeah, this has been <laughs> Dragon Heart. Yay! Nice one. Nice one. Well done, guys. That was fun. I'm Dan Jarvis, and this is Dragon Heart. Well, unfortunately, we had a bit of a technical problem then, so I'm afraid that the end of our chat about Woking and the start of our chat about the Weymouth game didn't record. There's not much missing, though, so I do apologise, and I will pick her up part of the way through the Weymouth discussion. I mean, O'Connor was so calm and in command of the game, wasn't he? He was so smooth the way he moved the ball about. Just That was just brilliant to see, I thought. Um, he can play in defence, which you might need, like I say, if McFadden's out and Hayden's out. You might need, we need a little bit of reinforcements in those areas as well. Well, let's get on to that. that. Yeah, the game was fantastic, but you can't help to think it's a very sad, sad sort of ending to it in some ways, Aaron Hayden going off injured, which you did say earlier that it, it's the, the probably for the rest of the season, Mark. Well, it's a hamstring. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think, you know, that, that you know, if, if someone feels a hamstring going and comes straight off, then great. But no, he, he got treatment earlier, didn't he? And then stayed on. So I'm a little worried about that, to be honest. I mean, McFadden hopefully has come off because he's felt it. There's no real info. That's quad he's got, isn't quad injury. There's mm. no real info on that. But uh, yeah, Hayden, if he's done his hamstring now, then there's no way he's back for the rest of the season, surely. So that is, that's a hell of a blow. Although French, I thought, was outstanding on Tuesday. Yeah, let, let's get on to that. Because, uh, yeah, Hayden, who I personally would argue is our best player, um, which is so unfortunate for him not to be... Well, well we don't know yet. Let's hope the severity of the injury isn't as bad as we thought. But to have Tyler French, someone of that quality, come in, it's just shows this, this level of depth that we have in the squad. Because I think in most seasons of our conference era, I think Tyler French would be starting for Wrexham. Yeah, I think that's fair comment. We have Brisley as well, remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brisley's good. So we we've got we have got that depth, haven't we? But yeah, Brisley, I would class would be would be the replacement for Toza, yeah. not for Hayden, because mm. we, we we need that energy, don't we? At that right sided center about the center half. Well, it's completely integral to the way we play, isn't it? Um, you know the the reason that that we. I really rate Harry Lennon, but I think how it's upturn in form has actually come since he's been injured because of the way Clueworth plays and that that way that he moves forward and Hayden moves forward. Uh, the, the fact that they both alternate, again, going back to that arc, Mark's arc. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's the, the way that they both move forward does really uh, allow us to attack in, in an approach that some teams really struggle with. And I, th- I think if we have to switch to a system where we've only got one centre-back willing to do that, I'm not 100% certain it's always going to work as well. So, um, but, you know, Tyler French, he, he plays, he can play right back, he can play right wing back. 
he can probably play left wing back if we needed him to. And he's going to be able to go forward, isn't he, Mark, if we need him to? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's the perfect fit in that respect, isn't he? And yeah, we just have to, well, it'd be nice if the other players could come back, but I, I, I don't feel concerned by the thought of French getting game time at all. He's, he's, he's perfectly solid, isn't he? So yeah, it's a shame, but yeah, I, I, have, I have faith in him. And then as the game went on, we just battered them, didn't we, really? I mean, Mullen gets another. McAlinden, like I said, when he's coming on the front foot, he's great. And as you said, you're right, Hall Johnson turned the game with his charging down the right flank. But McAlinden was equally important on the left, got a couple of assists, uh, really looked very dangerous. The real quality stuff he was putting in the goal mouth. Yeah, yeah, he did. And teams like Weymouth just they, they show the where the amateur not amateur semi-pro game meets the this game showed where the semi-pro game meets the professional game didn't it today that that's what it felt like to me it felt like Weymouth for a side who are quite clearly a national league south side and we are a league one league two side playing in the national league and even though I quite like it, it's time Wrexham get promoted and start playing bigger sides, isn't it, really? You know, with the quality we've got on the pitch, it would be a complete travesty if we don't go up this season. And on that point, it's titleometer time. Yay! <laughs> don't do this to me. It's it's so tough. I wake up in the morning and the titleometer, when I'm a bit sleepy and a bit grumpy, is at a one. And then I get, you know, as the day goes on, if I've had a good day in work, it becomes an eight. It's it's a tough one. Um, we'd have, we'd have, uh, I don't know. I think I need some help. If you, if both of you were going to place it, I'll, I'll maybe I'll just throw myself in the middle of you. Mark, you're the optimistic end. Che, you're the, like the wouldn't say negative, but the the pessimistic end, maybe. Visible end. Yeah. <laughs> We'll start, we'll start, we'll get the bad news out of the way. Che, what do you think it's out, out of 10? Um, I, I, I think it's a three. Yeah. Ooh. Mark? Ten. Ten. It's, wow. it's just going to happen. It's right. Well, I'm just, just right. Before, before Che gives his breakdown on why it's not going to happen, because let's, <laughs> you know, I, I think we'll know by Monday. Yeah. By the end of I, end I of play on Monday, we we we're, we're going to know one way or another because if if Stockport win both of those games, uh, and it, you know, regardless of whether we obviously if we don't win, then we'll definitely know. But even if we win both those games and they win both those games, I'm I'm uh, breaking the titleometer. It's going into the nearest volcano, never to be seen again until the start of next season, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but you know. I, as it stands, I'm leaning more towards the pessimistic side just because we're running out of games and I'll say like a five or a six, somewhere like that, really. Well, with... <laughs> Long is wrong. Long is wrong. <laughs> well, if, if this was the boring word of a few months ago, you know, uh, Stockport playing, I'd think, oh yeah, maybe so. But they're sitting ninth. They've won one in the last five um, that game at the race course has really destroyed them. I think I'm uh, saying they've won one in the last 10, actually. But I think one, one, wow. two, lost right. Oh, was it 11? I think one, one, drawn two, lost eight, something like that. 
No, seven. It is ten. That is not That doesn't matter. Exactly. Does, me, does mean that you will win, though, doesn't it, Mark? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I respect Warren Woods uh, on the pitch. They are a team that is <laughs> difficult to play against, who are organised. They didn't get up there with a good defensive record for nothing. They've still got a good defensive record, even though they're losing hand over fist. They've still got one of the best defensive records in the division. I, I have respect for them and for Southend. I think these are two tough games. And I do agree um, they are potential hurdles, problems for us. But if we are as good as we looked during that run of home games, frankly, as good as we've looked since Christmas, we should go out and win these games and put the ball firmly in Stockport's course. I, I agree, but I think it's the perfect time for Stockport to play Bournemouth because Bournemouth have looked poor in recent. And I also think it's a good time to... Well, they're playing Chesterfield on Monday, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, with Chesterfield dropping to sixth, which is pretty crazy. You wouldn't think that back at Christmas, would you? Um, Thanks to Monoga, isn't it? Monoga's the bloke who broke Shamanga's leg. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with them at sixth, they've got to get a win soon, haven't they, to... Uh, cement their place into the playoffs because uh, because Dagger and Redbridge could still creep in, couldn't they? Uh, anyone from Dagger and Redbridge up could still creep in. It's it's eh. maybe I, I could see I see Stockport beating Borumwood and I see Chesterfield Stockport being a draw. I just don't think I don't know. I, I don't I don't think we're go, we're going up as champions, but I think we're gonna go up via playoffs. Chesterfield reminds me of a lot of seasons we've had where we've done really well at the start and we've looked like we could be nailed on and just completely run out of steam. Now, there's always completely different reasons every time that's happened to Wrexham and, you know, and any other team that has happened to, but uh, Shimanga being injured really took the wind out of their sails. The the stuff that went on with their ex-manager, that's really disrupted their rhythm, hasn't it? But these these teams these teams are dangerous. I think they've they've got they've got to go and get points. Um, and and actually, it kind of makes them unpredictable as well. These kind of teams because how many times have we did we see it last year? We were we were a similar sort of team where we probably should have got in the playoffs, and we had some mad results. We had results where you thought we looked brilliant today, and then they had the results. Where, who was it? Barnet that we did we lose to him or draw to him? I, I, it's a bit of brain fog. I can't think off the top of my head, but. There was a couple of games last year, and you were really like watching it and coming away and thinking, "How on earth have we have we managed that result, both positive and negative, really?" Yeah, we battered Sutton four nil. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we battered Halifax four nil away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think one key team that we haven't talked about is whether Stock uh, Halifax are going to be fighting for third position towards the end of the season because if they got nothing to play for and they're playing Stockport last game of the season then I think Stockport are going to easily win the title whereas we've we might be playing Dagenham and Red, well we will be playing Dagenham and Redbridge but they might be looking to take Chesterfield's place or whoever else in the playoffs yeah. and that then becomes a difficult game doesn't it so I'm enjoying <laughs> I'm enjoying your um, family trace of pessimism but could I point out that if you look at the table now a much more likely uh, turn of events is that Halifax need to win because Solly Hull are even down there next and Dagenham are already a bit adrift in the playoffs and there's a decent chance they'll have nothing to play for in the last game of the season 
Halifax have a pretty easy run in though. Yeovil, Eastley, Aldershot before they play Stockport. Yeah, you, when did the Yeovil last beat anyone? Did uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'd flip, I'd flip all that on its head with the Dagenham and Redbridge talk and say, you know, we lost to Woking, who had nothing to play for. So for for I for either the argument for Halifax, Stockport, Annos, Dagenham and Redbridge, you can throw it out the window. Last game of the season, do you remember when when uh, Fergie retired and United played uh, West Bromwich Albion? Was it five four or six five or some? Some yeah. crazy score, and sometimes that last game of the season, every, everything just goes completely out the window, doesn't it? Because people are just like, "Oh well, nice sunny day in the middle of spring. Uh, <laughs> we've got nothing to play for. Let's go and spoil the party for whichever team we're playing." <laughs> we're going up. We're going. Where we're going. <laughs> I, I hope you, Mark. I really hope you're right. I really do, but I don't want you to be too disappointed. <laughs> I'm a big boy. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many titles for this episode. There, there's um, there's the Coydy Scud. There's Mark's Ark. There's Long is Wrong. And there's I'm a big boy. Don't worry about me. I mean, I don't know which one to choose. <laughs> I mean, they're all going to be T-shirts. Well, well, you need to have... <laughs> next week. You need to have Long is Wrong if we do win the title. <laughs> I'll just do it anyway because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. So what? What? Look, we 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 look. I love your blind faith, or it's not completely blind because you know your stuff when it when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to football. You know your stuff, Mark. But what is it? What is it that makes you so certain? Not if you I could nail it down to two or three things, much as I, much as I'd love to say what I said last week, I will. Um, <laughs> I, I will use Chase theory against him. All right, we're four points behind them, and they've got a game in hand. At the weekend, they beat Borenwood, we beat Southend. On Monday, we beat Borenwood, they draw with Chesterfield. Chelong's own words, right? That puts us, <laughs> therefore, two points behind them with a game in hand, and the next game is us against Stockport. So we beat Stockport, we go above them. We've got one game left. They've got two. They've now got to hurl their, hurled, hurled their nerve. I said I'm from Hull. They've got to hurl the nerve for two games in a week. Two days after getting battered by us, they have to play Torquay, who are awkward and could still be in with a shot of the playoffs. And then if they manage to get past them, they've still got to beat Halifax, who could well be playing for third place and who also are good in the most tense atmosphere at Edgeley Park with their fans expecting them to win and they've got to make sure they don't bottle it. So me, me and Chase spoke about it um, briefly when I saw him the other day and I sort of, when I r- run through it all in my head or like out loud, I had it as both of us finishing on 92 points. There you go. That's how, that's how I predicted it. Now, obviously... Who knows how the goal difference swings there? It, you can't. That's not something you can predict, is it? But well, we've just halved the goal difference in one night. We were ten goals yeah, off them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're five goals off them. And if what we're saying is correct, we're going to win our last four games. So we've got to add at least four onto that. Likelihood is, if we win all our games, we'll be winning them by more than one goal. So we'll improve it further. Stockport will be dropping points. 
will probably win that's, two out of those games. So the goal that, difference will be very That's a difficult tight. point. That's a difficult point is we, we is we have to win all our games. Yeah, yeah. I and agree. that's the hard part. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I just stop. like the way that they play in those seven home games. It was quality. And I yeah, think I, we can maintain that. Oh, I agree. But it's all well and good as saying, oh, we're going to win hypothetically. Football doesn't work like that. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's all very well saying we're going to lose hypothetically football. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Stop, stop it, stop it, break it up, break it up. Come on, outside. I, now. Ag- <laughs> I, I, I agree, I agree. Um, I hope, I, I hope you are right, Mark. That's all I gotta say. I really do hope you're right. I will put it out there that I am not necessarily negative, I, I absolutely <laughs> adore this team. I absolutely adore this team and I, I have every faith in them. I just think too much of it is in Stockport's hands for me to feel comfortable with saying, yes, we're going to do it. Too late. You're guilty by association. Let the record show. <laughs> I have consistently for weeks said I'm gonna, we're going to win the league. And these two closers have said the opposite in public, on the record. Let the judgment begin. <laughs> I am happy. I will be more than happy. I'm sure Che will to wear that long is wrong T-shirt uh, for the entirety of next season if we are wrong. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds like a challenge. Uh, and I, I will not make any forfeit whatsoever because I am arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> well, also a challenging decision is. Oh, I don't know if it's challenging decision by the FA or anything. Is streaming games. Lower league football, is it good? Is it bad? You well, I'll let Mark and Bill decide. We'll find out about this in our next next segment. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. Fortunately for a lot of fans, we we got the Weymouth game streamed, which I thought was really cool, really. It was nice. It's nice. I like streaming games. I, I'm a firm believer in it. And my, my stance hasn't changed from last season, really. Last season, I was even stronger on it. But I think from League One down, I think every game should be streamed. because so I think it's added revenue, I think. And I think it doesn't actually take away from the attendances. I think it you can have it as a way to maybe drive ticket prices down and... You know, a lot of, there's a lot of disabled fans who can't make games week in, week out. There's a lot of fans who are ill, who are injured, or who have an hour's break at work, who could watch watch it on their phones. I think it's a great revenue stream, and I think it's a way of making football for everyone, Mark. Well, what's your opinion a year on after lockdown? Well, I'm pleased to see the government now seem to be talking about dropping that law that stops you from broadcasting 3 o'clock on a Saturday because I appreciate the reason for it totally. But mm. this is 2022 now. We have different, there are different challenges to attendances. There are different ways to consume football. And I think that, I don't think that the Premier League or the Championship should be allowed to stream myself at three o'clock on a Saturday. But I find it, you know, because they may well take uh, fans away from other clubs, but I, I don't see how a League One, League Two, National League could possibly, uh, you know, people aren't going to be saying, oh, I'm a United fan, but hang on a second, Salford City alive. Who look, they're playing Cheltenham. Oh, I'm not going to go, I'm going to Old Trafford. It, 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 it's a one-way street, this, isn't it? I, I don't see why there's any problem with the, with the smaller clubs being allowed to stream, 
Um, I, I don't see it affecting things, especially if, I mean, all right then, stream your away games, maybe. And although I appreciate what you're saying, Jay, about flexibility for people who maybe aren't able to get to home games, um, well, I suppose, I suppose, how do you do that when I think about it? No, I'm, I'm wrong to say that. How can I, I don't think you can geo-block to that extent, can you? No, I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I, I, I like it a lot. And I think the worst that you could do is try it out. And okay, if attendances are hit, if people would rather pay 10 quid to watch home than go to the game, maybe it has to be revisited. But I, I don't think we'll know properly the impact if we try it. I think there's actually, it's kind of anecdotal, but uh, I think if someone were to study it, uh, you'd be able to find statistical evidence to back it up. Uh, I'm not going to include Wrexham in this conversation because of the fact that we have to take over and there's a lot of hype around us, but I, I think we are included in this, but you know, you could make that counter argument. Stockport, Notts County, Chesterfield have all just come off the back of a season, well, like us, where streaming's been involved and all three of those clubs are seeing uh, very, very high attendances. Stockport have reached 10,000, Notts County have reached 10,000. Chesterfield have been involved in a really high attended game at Stockport. Um, that year of fans being able to watch their team at home, granted, there was a lot of things going on, COVID, etc., has probably let a lot of people who maybe didn't go to Stockport very often or maybe didn't go to Notts County very often the opportunity to rekindle their um, affection for the team. Uh, I think it would be fair to say about myself that uh, the, the season prior to COVID, I wasn't attending uh, Wrexham games quite as often as I had previously. You know, I'd had season tickets for about 10 years, but it was the first time I wasn't going as often. And, and not having to have to go to the race course to watch Wrexham play, uh, being able to sit in the comfort of my own home actually gave me a lot of fear of missing out. I know nobody was going, but apart from you two who were able to commentate, <laughs> look, you know, luckily, but I, I really wanted to be there from having watched it. And I don't think there's anything, uh, it, it, it's not going to affect tendencies massively. And I think allowing people to be exposed to these lower league clubs it, it is only a positive I mean, you know, you're saying about it being a one-way street, Mark. Uh, the law's there to protect um, teams, but, you know, you lift the law from League One downwards. Uh, of what, you, While you're blocking League One downwards from streaming, you're protecting clubs from themselves. How, yeah. how, how does, yeah. <laughs> you know, are Rochdale's attendances going to be affected by uh, uh, their match being streamed? Possibly by a little bit but then they're going to be making revenue by either the TV deal or by streaming it themselves and charging £10 a go. Wrexham were regularly getting 1,000 to 1,500 people watching those games. Okay, £10 a, a stream, not as, not as much as 1,500 people going into the game and paying full price as an adult. But of those 1,500 people who were watching the streams during COVID, how many of them were families who are now turned into full families who are going to watch the games? And we see that in the attendances week in, week out. Um, I think the law's archaic. I think it's it's there for a good reason in some ways, but I think it's archaic now. Everybody's accessing things through the internet. Everybody's streaming things. And if you don't provide that as an option, people sit at home and watch Netflix instead. So what, why, why block lower league teams from being able to show these games uh, to their fans? I think I think hundred percent agree. I think there's there's a all right. It's going to be partly governed by how you're doing. 
if if we were doing badly or we were at the end of the season, nothing to play for, yeah, okay. There could be some people who choose to stream rather than come to the game, and that will cost us some money. But I think overall, uh, when you're doing well, <laughs> it's a great opportunity. And I do think that maybe, you know, it's, it's about how smart you are as a club as well. If you're sharp mm-hmm. enough to, to market this and if you're sharp enough to take advantage of it, you can grow as a club. And obviously we are growing very quickly as a club at the moment and we know the reasons why. But I'd also say that those fans in other countries are forming a connection to us because of, you know, which is enhanced when they can actually watch us. And, and that's, you know, I mean, we, we hear Mark from New Zealand getting up at four in the morning. We hear all the, the American Reds getting up at breakfast time to watch matches. You know, they're, they're scattered all around the world. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, that connection of getting up early and an event being made out of watching the game. I know some of them are already Wrexham fans who would do it anyway, but for new fans, it builds a bond. that This is the special thing I do. I get up at 8 o'clock in New York so I can go and watch the match. Uh, you know, well, you, you, You're spot on there, Mark, because me and Che, uh, you know, we're UFC aficionados, well, MMA aficionados, but the UFC specifically, pretty much all of those fights are on, at, uh, the big fights are on at 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And actually... Yeah, maybe family commitments now we're not able to watch those together as often. But when we were able to, it actually created a bit of, of that event of like, oh, yeah, we're going to stay up all night tonight and we're going to watch the UFC. It's almost as if it was it was we were more likely to watch it from from planning a weekend around it, Che, weren't we really? Than, yeah. than if it had just been on normal time, you might have taken it or leave it, left it. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have left it if it was on normal time, but but yeah, no, no, yeah. but you, you, you know what I mean. Like, maybe it's not a great example. I'm just saying it does build a, a, an extra layer of loyalty for some people, doesn't it? When there's that commitment of like, look at me, I'm I'm going to do this this weekend. I think it is. I think you're right because it's. Yeah. It, I mean, it's nice to me that, that you know your two brothers. That's a nice special thing that you've shared. Um, I remember when I was in university. It was when Mike Tyson was at his peak. I'd, I'd set my alarm for two in the morning, three in the morning to watch Tyson fights because he was so spectacular. Or yeah. if it was out of turn time, me and my best mate, I'd record it and then he'd come around my house nine o'clock Sunday morning and we'd be sitting there watching the fight and avoiding, you know, having avoided what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. those sort of things are special. Yeah, I agree. And I think another thing is there's a human aspect to all this as well where, you know, there is Wrexham fans who are physically unable to go to games comfortably or mentally unable to go to games comfortably. There's Wrexham fans in hospitals. There's also Wrexham fans like like myself. I, I'm quite fortunate, but, you know, myself, I've got a young family. I think some days buying a stream would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I could still look after my kids not have to worry about missing the game so you know being a dad like myself oh, I'll, I'll just buy the streams today I, got, I can't go because you know the kids are playing up or what have you and yeah I, th- I think there's more positives than there is negatives and I, and I can see where the law comes from because you know you've got to protect I can see you know you've got to protect from the Premier League but the problem is if they bring the law in and they allow Premier League clubs to stream at three o'clock then that is a real problem. Yeah. I'll, I'll count I'll count that slightly, Che, because I think you I think you spot on a lot what you said there. But people who, who are Wrexham fans who aren't physically, mentally, 
financially, whatever the very valid reasons are, able to go, uh, choosing to watch uh, West Ham versus Watford at 12, Gillette Soccer Saturday, and then, you know, Liverpool versus uh, Burnley in at the 5.30 kickoff. So we're not protected from the Premier League. It's on on a Saturday anyway. It's just that two-hour block that's at three o'clock. People who aren't going to watch Wrexham because they either can't afford it or because they can't for whatever reason, or, you, you know, there's, there's you're going on all those reasons, but they're not anyway. They're not going to the Wrexham game anyway because they've got a game of football in the morning to watch and they've got a game of football in the evening to watch. Possibly even two because sometimes they've been playing games at seven o'clock, haven't they? So... Uh, I, I do, I, I 100% agree with you. I just think people are watching the Premier League anyway at those times. You put United-Liverpool on at three o'clock on a Saturday, I could guarantee a lot of less people go to watch Wrexham. Maybe not at the moment, maybe not right now as we speak with the way the club is, but if, if United-Liverpool were playing at three o'clock three years ago and it was on TV's regular, that would affect that would have affected tendencies you, You're probably right, but I still think the kind of... There's a, not everybody, but there's a lot of people who won't go to Wrexham, but will go to the pubs early, ready for Liverpool kicking off at five or United kicking off at five. Yeah, possibly. I could, I could be, I could be wrong. I think you, I think there's, I think you are, I think you. I don't think either of us are wrong. It's just that we can still serve those people. Maybe the people who want to go and watch Liverpool will actually go to the pub and watch Wrexham, and the pubs would have to have a, a certain license to show the Wrexham games. You know, maybe pay a little bit extra to the club or however that market-wise, financially-wise works. And I think away fans too, I think if we stream away games, I think we could put a law in place where away tickets are £10 or you can use stream revenues to subsidise away bus travel for the hardcore fans who want to go in person. I think you can make, it's not one or the other, I think you can make both sides of the argument on both both sides work together, if you know what I mean. Definitely. People like to go yeah. watch football live and people like to, you know, watch football from the comfort of their home. And I think you should let people choose. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> I think I think we've all got <laughs> our points across. Um yeah, big game on Saturday, Mark. Yeah. South End, funny team, aren't they? Really, they've had a quite patchy season. They've had bad patches, good patches, and now they've settled into sort of mid-table. So let's hope they just turn up and and, and do a decent thing and accept our superiority. <laughs> it, it's a it's a special game as well, isn't it? Bring a can, yeah, bring, yeah, bring a can food banks, yeah. yeah. Support yeah, so. local food banks. So we really we urge you to do that, please. It's a wonderful opportunity. You know, if, if everybody's bringing something, though, it's going to be a huge crowd again. That, that's a wonderful opportunity to give a real boost to, to to a local community initiative. Yeah, and we're talking about people not being yeah. able to financially afford the football. There's people mm-hmm. who can't financially afford food at the moment, and yeah. it, for those of those of us who can afford to get to the football and and can provide, you know, it would be great just to show. Uh, true community spirit in Wrexham by massive donations by everyone, you know, as much as everyone can afford themselves. Yeah, 100%. I echo all that. Um, also, the playoff final, if it does concern us, is going to be at West Ham's ground. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I've got an old university friend who, who's on and off season ticket holder at West Ham. So there's a part of me that would like to go to the ground and then there's a but that's only a really small part compared to the massive anger I have that I can't watch 
comfortably watch Wales afterwards if we do get to the playoff final. But I think, in fairness, the, some people have, have levelled criticism at the National League. It, it's, it, it's a bit more complicated than, than just saying, let's move everything for Wrexham, isn't it, Mark, to be fair? It is. Uh, and you know, there's been talk about clubs who will be all, you know, the moment their season ends, will start returning their pitch so it can't be used. You've got to get the host club to agree. You've got to get the right deal with the host club as well. There's a lot of things to consider, and I'm sure there's a lot of clubs that people are talking about who just aren't available or aren't willing to go into that deal and host it. On the other hand, though, without knowing the facts, it's hard to imagine there's no other alternative they could explore. So it's it's a bit of a shame, but well, okay, decision's done now. Um, the Olympic Stadium is has got a running track around it, hasn't it? It's not the or has it? It's not the it's not the most loved football grounds, is it? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, that's where it is. And if we have to go there, well, if we win, it'll be a place that's down in Wrexham folklore, like the Millennium Stadium. And if we don't, well, it'll be a hellhole. <laughs> if, if we get there, guys, make sure you buy a pair, pair of binoculars, because that's probably the only way you're going to see the game. Yes. Because uh, yeah. it's not a football stadium. Anyway, I'm just adding um, Karen Brady's hellhole to my list of possible episode titles. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so as usual, like and follow everything that we do on the Dragon Art Instagram, Twitter, the official Wrexham AFC, Twitter, go listen to Calm Radio. Uh, yeah, do all that good stuff. I usually say at the end of the podcast, that I've completely forgotten about right now. But yeah, this has been <laughs> Dragon Heart. <laughs>